counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about yet another film on the list. Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai was released April 26th, 1954, starring Toshiro Mifune, Takashi Shimura, and Keiko Tsushima. Before we try to defend our village against bandits, though, how's it going? It's pretty good, pretty good. Cannot complain too much. I'm keeping busy with projects and renovations and and all that good stuff. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, it was my birthday this week. Happy and, birthday! Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I think that getting older is uh, comes with some questions of existentiality, and you know. <laughs> It's interesting. I got to hang out with a couple of friends, drink lots of sake, watch, you know, the new Peacemaker film. Uh, and it was relatively, it was relatively cool. It was chill. And, uh, you know, it was, it was nice. It's nice to have a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> sake is very um, apropos for this movie. Uh, it's, which is uh, coincidental more, more than anything. On my Last year for Christmas, my... My wife got me a, a a sake a sake kit where you have like the stuff where you can put into the boiling water and just have it warm the sake up and you have like small cups. So it was like, all right, if there's any time to try it now, it's today on my birthday. Yeah, and have friends over and force them to drink it. <laughs> yeah, that's the exciting exciting part of it all. <laughs> Very good, very good. Sounds sounds like a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right, should we um, should we get this going? I think so. Okay. I, I'm I'm still a little bit cutting at it from yesterday, but I think that I have it. I have it locked this week. All right, all right. <laughs> then let's <laughs> then let's flip a coin. All right, all right, Raji. I'm going, I will go with heads. Heads. I think I'm. I think it's gonna land on tails. Tails, yeah. Um, gone with tails. <laughs> I'm gonna speak against this movie. You're gonna speak against this movie? Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to speak for this film. I love this film. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that makes one of us then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go into you that fight um <laughs> let's hear a synopsis a samurai answers a villager's request for protection after he falls on hard times the town needs protection from bandits so the samurai gather six others to help and teach the people how to defend themselves in return the villagers provide the soldiers with food a giant battle occurs when 40 bandits attack the village the witness will address this court as judge or your honor your Honor, Akira Kurosawa's Seven Samurai, a three and a half hour long movie where not a lot happens. It's a lot of exposition. Um, we kind of get the gist of it very early on. There's the underdogs looking to find strong, 
helpers that defend their whole village from the bandits. And we find them. Uh, we find a group of samurai misfits that seem to be not as esteemed as the other samurai walking around the village. And uh, they take it upon themselves to help this random group of villagers. All that said, it takes three and a half hours to get to the point where they really defend the group, uh, where they really defend the village. Um, and I think it's incredibly drawn out. I think it's incredibly overacted. I think it's incredibly clear from the beginning that they will succeed. And I think that this movie is insanely overrated. I really don't understand why this movie is on this list at all. And uh, I, to be honest, I, I just don't get it. Well, I'm going to, Your Honor, and ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this wonderful podcast, I, I have to push back on this. Um, one of the things that he said, uh, Johannes said, was that they succeeded at the end of the film. But I'm I'm not entirely sh- sure that's actually quite accurate. I mean, they even didn't. from the conver- even from the conversation that the main uh, the samurai leader had, he was like the villagers won, but we lost. Um, the interesting thing was um, the character of the samurais were also diverse, and uh, the main character, you know, they chose him from a bunch of. Um, they chose him in a, in a time where there was a lot of civil war and lots of leaders were being killed. So there was lots of Ronin moving around, trying to save themselves from hunger. And out of luck, he come across this person who saves um, a child from being murdered by a thief uh, in, in a house. So it was held hostage and this guy goes in and saves the kid. And uh, the interesting thing is, this guy finds seven other samurai who stands in to protect a village uh, that was being hounded by bandits. Um, the one thing that makes this movie very interesting is that we get to know the stories of a lot of the characters um, and we get to feel empathy to what they're going through in that period. From the the main character who, had, uh, who was a samurai who had always lost every battle to his um, the his assistant who fell in love with a girl in the village, uh, but who can't marry the village because of class differences. Um, this story has very rich characters, uh, and I I think the story is magnificent. By the end of the film, though the fight was very long, drawn out, uh, kind of like my intro introduction. Um, but I think that you got, you get to see a lot of good fighting scenes. Um, it's shot in a very realistic way with lots of great stunts, um, which makes it pay off for the film. Um, I follow my brows on hearing good fighting scenes in a very realistic way. I think, um, that's, to me, that's one of the faults of this movie. I think all the, the, the fights look very, um, stage fighty. You know, yes, they hit people with their sword, but you, you can you can really tell that, um, you know, it's not a not a real hit or it's just a brush, and then you know, there's overacting of like, oh, I'm hurt, oh my god, um, I, 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 I feel like what you mentioned with a lot of backstory, 
um, I I feel like I I didn't get this out of this movie. There's I feel like there's a lot of assumptions made in this movie and a lot of background that you need to have of the the, the backstory of where this is, is set and you know what 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 was going on at that time to really understand what was going on and and kind of the trials and tribulations of this uh, group of misfits. So it's, uh, I I just feel like while a mystery could be a movie strength, this ain't it for this movie Uh, because at the end of the day, it's, it's a classic tale of group of underdogs teams up with a strong power to fight a no pressing force. And this might be groundbreaking because it's one of the first that's on, on film. Maybe I don't, I, I don't really know, but I think it's um, taking a lot of time for something that could have been told much, much shorter. And I think that's, that's one of the main draws. Like we, we've talked about a lot of movies that are long, like Godfather. And I feel, I feel like Godfather tells us a compelling story with, with lots of intrigue and lots of, um, like family business from multi, from from a lot of angles, and this is a very one sided kind of story, and it's taking its time, so we don't fully grasp kind of what's going on in a way. Maybe the villagers were the bad guys. I don't know. So when you say it's a one sided kind of story, what what are you what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, so so the setup is we have the village versus the bandits, right? Okay. And, and the bandits um, are this bad opposing force. I understand that during the course of the movie, we learn that I guess they kidnap one of the women. That's how I interpreted it. But then the woman didn't want to leave um, with her husband. So I don't. You know, so there's lots of assumptions there. But, but okay, so we we have the baddies, we have the bandits that just go around to plunder. And they've done that to the village before. Okay, I can take that. But the we only really get to know some of the villagers and the samurai, but don't understand kind of the, the bandits' point of view, I think. And I feel like a three-and-a-half-hour movie at least could give us a little bit of of their motivations and kind of tell us, like, okay, what, what are the... The struggles. Why are they doing this? Because they're just the baddies. I don't know. You can do I better. I think that, that. I mean, that is an argument that you can make. But the thing about it is, this movie already has a lot of characters. You have six samurai and the character Kikuchiyo, played by Toshiro Mifune, who was basically the comic relief for this film. He was technically not a samurai. He was a farmer who became a samurai. Uh, after his village was burnt down by samurais and he became homeless. So he goes around stealing samurai stuff, swords, um, gear, and even family trees, uh, and walks around acting like he's a samurai. Um, so technically we have six six um, samurais and one samurai uh, who's technically a joke, uh, which is Kikuchiyo. Um, and... I think that that's enough, a lot of characters. Don't forget, we also have the character of uh, Shino, who is the daughter of the villager. We have the character that um, plays the assistant 
to uh, um, Shimada, uh, who was the main character played by Shimura. Um, and you had all these extra characters. So for them to delve into all these stories, uh, and if you wanted to talk about the bandits from that perspective too, then it would be a four-hour film. And given how much you've talked about the length of the film, then I'm guessing that we don't want to do that. So basically, I think that one of the strengths of this film was how they used the camera work to convey the sense of pain that people were having, sense of emotion that, you know, um, uh, that all the characters were feeling, and the sense of dread that the samurais, uh, the bandits were going to have. So if you remember at the very beginning of the film, you had a situation where the bandits rode up to the front of the screen. They talked about going to attack the village. And after they see the village, they were like, we attacked this last year, right? Let's wait a few more months and we'll come back when they uh, picked up the Bali. And they rode away. Somebody heard them. They go into the village. Everybody is kowtowing on the ground crying a woman is talking about they've taken our kids they've taken our wives they've now they want to take our food for another year why do we have to go through this suffering the sense of dread you feel as the whole village is put their heads down uh to the ground hoping and praying uh that they could have a solution for this problem it touched me they go speak to the old man who tells them to hire a samurai Another great use of camera work was when they stand um, and they were staring into the crowd of people who were strolling through the village or the market or the downtown or whatever it was or wherever it was at that particular point. You see samurai in all sorts of gear, big swords. Some of them were holding nunchucks. Some of them were holding big mallets, hammers, axes. Everybody just walking around. And these people were trying to figure out, we need to get a samurai who is poor enough that will work for us. And one mistake they could make, uh, if they made one mistake, they could be killed. And there was an example shown where one person spoke to a, a chubby guy who was walking around and the guy said, what, you know, almost kills him uh, and then walks away saying that he can't disgrace uh, a samurai with that level of work. We don't work for farmers. So you kind of get the level with which they're dealing with. It's all stuff that are against them. Um, and they could lose their family. They could lose their crops. And they don't have anything for another year. I think that the sense of dread was captured by the close-ups, the actions on their scenes, the the ticks that some of the characters had. Every single time uh, the character played by Shimura Shimada tapped his head uh, during the film, all of those things were nuances that uh, all these characters brought that gave them a differentiation from all the other characters. And I think that, you know, the job of the director, he did a good job uh, displaying a... I mean, you couldn't... Um, you would you couldn't uh, misplace Kikuchio, which was played by Tohiro, Toshiro Mufune, with Shamada. Totally different characters. He was there for comic relief, and he did a great job making things funny in very tense moments. Um, I just think it was a great film. I, um, I, I, can, I can understand how you could argue that some of the fight scenes were a little drawn out. They seemed like they were, um, they were 
old in a sense, but I think that this was before the time of choreography and people were just trying to act as we're just trying to um, show how they could, you know, estimate how a samurai would fight in those days. So that's my take on it. So, I mean, I, I guess the reason why I want to learn more about the bandits is because I feel like they're incredibly stupid. So I want to understand where they're coming from to really get a sense of like why, like at, at some point when you lose half your, your, your team, like cut your losses and move on. Like, you know, so why do they keep on, on, on going in and, and essentially, um, so that, you know, I guess that that's, that's kind of my argument for like, we need to understand a little more of the bandits to understand why they go all in on this. Why did, why do they go all in on uh, something that seems to be, you know, there seem to be other villages around that they could plunder, right? That that might be an easier get than this. Like as soon as you see, okay, they fortified their, their whole village and they, they have some sort of strategy, like freaking move on, man. Like, so, so that's, that's where I'm coming from. Like why, why are they so struck on this particular village? Um, and why do they keep losing their people? Um, and as far as actors doing fights, like I said, I've, I've, I just feel like this is so overacted. It's crazy. Like, yes, we have different characters and all that. And, uh, you know, we convey humor with incredible, incredible overacting. And... Um, it's yeah i don't know it was just it was it was hard to to it was a hard sit through for me <laughs> because i because i felt it was very drawn out i i i don't even think i got a lot of the character development the backstory from people because i felt like the the comic relief yes he gets his moment when he rescues the baby you know it's like oh that's me that's me so I, I guess that's how we created, you know, how, how you got, how you got to be the the person you are. Um, we get little glimpses of, of just cultural stuff here and there with the um, armor they find and how that's not really cool to use it, you know, and all that. But I think it's, it's trying to be very deep, but I think it, it maintains a steady superficialness, and that's one of the faults for this movie, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's definitely quite interesting to hear your perspective on this film. Um, I think that I I quite disagree because um, I, I I'm not a you know I'm not an expert in Japanese culture, but I think that you know the reason why they kept coming back was because it would be uh, it would it would be a slight on their their honor uh, if they don't. Uh, it, it's one of the reasons why everybody stands and fights to the end. It's the reason why, you know, honor was significantly important in those days. Um, I think that the reason why they kept going coming back was because if they lost the fight, then when they go raid another town, uh, those people would feel like they needed to get a samurai to save them. Um, and all of a sudden, their own means of, what do you call it, um, 
survival will be eradicated. So you had, it was a fight for the, uh, for the bandits who felt like this was their only means to survive. Um, and a, a sense of the village saying like, we can't give up our stuff for another year in a row. Um, because if we do, we will starve to death. Um, so for both ends, this was a fight to the finish. Uh, and I think that everybody understood what that case was. Uh, and I think that they all did a good job of showing it. Uh, I can understand how you would feel that, you know, I can understand some of the arguments you're making, uh, the overacting, the character of, you know, Mifune was definitely over the top. Now, was he over the top because the character had to be over the top? I can't quite say. But he was over the top in the film. Um, and if you are not someone who is interested in being over the top or watching over the top characters, I can see how that could rob you the wrong way. Right? Um, I mean, he, he's kind of Jared Leto's Joker. Yes. But he, I think there were there. I think that even as a even in a way, his character kind of shone true in the end, um, uh, because in his quest to save the village, he lost his life, um, because he always felt like he had a chip on his shoulder. Um, Samurais dismissed him all the time because they dis they dismissed him all the time, and he always felt like um, samurais were uh too proud he wanted to be a samurai but you have to be a samurai by birth or by appointment and he was neither so he walked around with a list saying that he was a samurai and when he was called out on it uh saying like hey if you're a samurai you'll be 13 years old this day because it's you know he he, he lost the argument at that point but i i feel i i don't know i love this film personally so I, I I don't know why I feel like I have a personal stake in this game, <laughs> um, but yeah I I thoroughly enjoyed the character of Mifune. It's not something that you see all the time, and in many of his other films he definitely downplays this uh, role because this was not the only film he did with uh, Akira Kurosawa. Mm. Um, but I, I I think that even. What about uh, the character of the character that got shot uh, towards the end of the film? The one Kuzo um, at the very beginning, where he's a story character and he's having a fight with the guy with the sticks, uh, and he's like, "Yo, uh, if you had if you had real swords, you would be dead by now." Um, and you know, the, the assistant for Shimura. I uh, love this character. We called they called him magnificent. You know, they said called him a magnificent samurai uh, because he embodied everything the samurai wanted, uh, had to have in those days, like stoicness, uh, sense of calm. He knew what he needed to do, and he was very efficient. And towards the end of the film, he got shot, um, and he dies meaningless—not uh, meaningless, but it was—he was trying to save a village. But I'm pretty sure at that particular point, if he had a chance to not die, he probably would have chosen that. I, 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 I think that you know, there were there were many good characters in the film, 
Um, and through the actions, through their actions, you get to experience some of their motivations. Um, I, I personally think that there's a lot of depth to a lot of the characters, but I've seen the film multiple times. So maybe I have a little bit more of an introspection or a perspective on some of the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's all I have. I'm happy to talk about it more in a general context. But Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. I knew going in that the two arguments that I'm probably going to have was that, number one, it's too long. It is. Which is fine. Um, and number two, it's um, some of the characters are over the top, which they is are. fine. Those are the two <laughs> major arguments that I knew that you could fashion against this film. Um, the fight scene argument is interesting, but I also think that there's a perspective that the movie is a lot older and a lot of things that they do in today's world probably hasn't been translated into those days. I mean, I watch a lot of old, I've I've seen some old Japanese films like, you know, Harakiri, um, and films like, like those. And in all of those, you know, the the fight scenes are not particularly great, but if you compare them to new Japanese films, you see that there's a lot more work going into chore- choreographing those fight scenes. What I will use to counter that is that while the gra- the fight scenes didn't look Hollywood-like, they didn't look great, they did look authentic. And I think that that carries a lot of value um, because what they were doing was real. The person who fell off the horse really fell off the horse. And the horse nearly trampling, uh, trampling, trampling on him also happened. You know, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of value that can be taken in the authenticity of the fighting. Um, and when you have like a whole crowd of people running around in several directions, trying to fight each other, what you get is chaos. And I think that is captured extremely well in the film. Yeah, I mean, this is the first non-Western movie we review on the show, right? And mm-hmm. and watching it, um, I enjoyed it because it is different from you know movies from the kind of you know, Western perspective of the time. So it's interesting to get a different point of view. That said, uh, I I was struggling with a lot of the. With not knowing a lot about the backgrounds, not knowing a lot about kind of the 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 cultural backgrounds of the time of like when the movie was filmed and the yeah. time the movie is placed, right? Because both always have a, a, a factor. Yeah. So I think a, a lot of my critique is kind of coming from that, um, not from, from from that ignorance, I suppose, right? Because it's that that what I call overacting might might have been kind of the standard way to act back then, right? But now, from from today's lens, it's a little it's a little much, and I I even feel like we can see that in Western move in you know like like a Total Recall is incredibly overact overacted, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you would not see it that much in in like nowadays movies that are shot nowadays like if i feel like that craft has been honed uh to to a big degree and so so i think 
it's not necessarily the movie's fault because I suspect it's it's just you know a cultural thing of the time. However, you know we do look at this movie. 50, like 70 years almost like after it was released right so, so that also has some weight right so it's it just feels to me it felt a little distracting from from the heart of the movie a little bit because it's it's just so over the top um which is unfortunate because yes it's it's at the end of the day it's it's a story that is being replicated over and over and over again I, and i wonder if this is kind of the um impetus of that I was jokingly talking about this, where I was like, "Well, why doesn't why did this need to be you know three and a half hour long? The A team does it in forty five minutes, right? Because the A team is is following the very same schema, right? You always have the underdogs, mm-hmm. you always have the A team coming in, helping them against the baddies and succeeding, right? So it's 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 the same thing. Granted, here there's a lot of built up, and there's a lot of like at the A team you don't care about." The, the the villages of the day right um not necessarily but here you kind of do right you have the these these underdogs this village that would be um even poorer right then i mean they they keep on saying uh, we give you the rice and we will eat the millet um and then i looked it up and i was like oh i had millet before and it's fine right but it's it's just kind mm-hmm. of a, a level of like it's it's even you know it's it's really poor people's food i suppose again you know just assuming and but um so so they're on the brink of losing everything literally so i get it but but like i said i like from today's perspective it it just i i i think nowadays it would have been tightened up significantly and we would have probably learned like probably figured out better ways to give people a little more backstory in in a shorter way and it, it, the overacting probably would have been curbed a lot but again it's not a nowadays movie right but I'm, that's just a nowadays critique of something that is 70 years old um you know the interesting thing is like the modern retelling of this film uh it's called uh there are many you know uh, retellings of this film from uh, what do you call it? From the Magnificent Seven uh, to you know even the A Team in in some sense. But if you ever get to see this movie by Takashi Mike, um, is called Thirteen Assassins. Uh, basically tells the same story, but now you have a backstory for the bad guy. Um, and the fight scene at the end was 45 minutes long, you know, in a almost a two hours, 20 minutes film. So they reduced it by an hour. They increased the, ba- the fight scenes. You get a little bit more backstory on the bad guys. Um, and you get a very compelling fighting uh, at the very end with huge stakes. Um, one of the things that I do appreciate about this film is you have real stakes. The people who joined knew what they were signing up for. They could die, and a lot of them died. They had f- seven people who joined with the villagers and several villagers, um, and at the end of it, only three of them survived. So, and it was quite telling uh, because 
this is what I find quite interesting. The first time um, we met the character of Shimuda, uh, and he he goes out and he brings in one of his friends, um, and they start to have a conversation about dice. Uh, uh, sorry, his friend is uh, Shicho Shichoroji, played by Daisokato. Um, and they had started to have conversations, and it was like, when was the last time I saw you? Um, it was when we had this fight. I was trapped somewhere for several t- for several days, and I was able to survive. Blah blah blah. We came out. We survived that. And I was like, wow, you're a survivor. Um, and at the end of this film, they were standing at the edge of you know watching the 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 places where all the people who fought for the village were buried. And he, last thing he was said, we survived this too. You know, kind of um, arcing back to the very beginning of the film where the guy was like, man, I went through a lot to get here and I survived that. And it was like, wow, we survived that too. One of the other interesting conversations they had at the beginning of the film was just like, I fought him when the guy was saying like, hey, you seem like a very magnificent samurai after he saved uh, the baby from the from the the guy who kidnapped him within the house. He walked in dressed as a monk, cut his, all, his hair off and stuff. And uh, the villagers were enthralled by him and they were like, wow, I can't believe you did that. You're a magnificent samurai. You're a magnificent samurai. And it's like, look, I'm a, I'm not a samurai. I'm a ronin, uh, which is basically a samurai who has no master. Um, and he's basically going around doing whatever he wants for money. Um, and it's like, I'm a ronin. And you speak so highly of me, but I've lost many battles. I've not won any battles in my whole life. Um, I've always been on the losing side. And at the end of this film, when they were having that conversation at the end, the guy said, this may seem like a victory, but this is another battle I lost. The villagers may have won this one, but I personally lost. He said that while looking at the four people who had died as a result of the of the fight and i think that those are those are some some things that you know you look back on after you watch it several times and you're like oh wow that's a cue that i didn't pick up the first time that's a cue that i didn't get this you know the first time and this film has tons of those um the characters are so well um developed um you know even the character of the the lady who fell in love with the samurai who couldn't end up being going with him um from the very beginning when her dad um told her to cut her hair off you knew there was a story that 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 was being told there so there are many there are many stories intertwined into this very big tale and i think that if they were going to make the film better they would remove some of those stories but the truth about it is some of those stories are what make this film stand out for me too because you're, you know, you're, I mean, I was invested in knowing what happened to some of the characters. Um, and for some of the the samurai, I was genuinely, you know, sad that they passed away. Huh. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> like this movie just didn't hit me, you know, the way it obviously did hit you. Um, yeah, of course. And, you know, and that's fine. 
I, I will say this about the overacting. You have to understand that this movie was made in like 1954. Yeah. It was released in 1954, but it was probably made like 1953 yeah. or so. Um, a lot of the actors in this film were theater actors. Um, and in that role... And they played uh, for the cheap seats. You, so. <laughs> you, you really have to emphasize your look. To, you know, you, you got to overact... I mean, at least in theater in Japan in those times, that was what the the mantra was. And I think over time, for movies, a lot of things, a lot of the overacting was toned down. But I think for the time, um, this movie was so influential that it influenced some of the biggest blockbusters that we've had in American TV. You know, The Magnificent Seven and almost any film from that ilk. Um I I think that a lot of people saw the potential of the idea. I think the underlying idea is so strong, the underdogs versus the oppressors, that, you know, you can go with it in any direction. Yeah, and I think it's universal, right? Because it, like that happens all over the globe, right? So so I, 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 I get the appeal. Um, I, I think, and like I said, very influential copied over and over and over again and i think it's just the um unfamiliar kind of cultural background that i have in my ignorance and that that i guess I'm, i'm i'm taking on now right um of of japanese cinema um that that's just something that i feel like i need to learn more about to fully appreciate this movie. Yeah. But I think this is a movie of perspectives, and I think that every single point you've made is valid. Uh, I think that irrespective of what you're, of whether you know Japanese uh, theater or history, it's the job of the director to bring you in into the film. Um, and if the movie doesn't succeed in doing that, then it's a weakness of the film. So I don't think that your points are invalid. I think that you have great points that you've made. Uh, and I can totally understand your perspective on some of the things that you've said. Um, yeah. I personally think it's a really good film, but I think that anybody who comes in um, can have your view of what happened, uh, of, of what the film is. And I think that that's totally fair. All right. Do you got anything else about the Seven Samurai? No. Oh man, I, 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 if I could, I could talk about this film forever, uh, but I won't uh, <laughs> because <laughs> I think it took you a lot to get you to see the film. Uh, but I, I, I do, I do appreciate it for a lot of things. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite Akira Kurosawa films, and I've seen almost all of them at this point. So, I mean, maybe when we see another one, you get to experience some of the splendor that he is, you know, Akira Kurosawa. Um, I think that even in this film, that there are a lot of things that he honed into other films. Um, like in this film, they used square. It was shot in a square format for almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he adopted widescreen in later films. And... In those films, you get to see like a wider perspective. Um, There were long drawn out scenes where nothing was happening. People were just standing and doing things. Um, And I think that is a hallmark of his films. 
but in later films they it got to be a little bit more uh of scenes of stage setting um and you know i i'm i'm just a big fan of anyway yeah, that's i i think i'm going to end it over here all right all right <laughs> um what's next i think 7 is the next movie we're going to talk about 7 is the next movie but i i think we we owe it to our listeners to talk about uh, at this point, the top twenty films uh, on our list, and I think that maybe that would be a good break a little, from a little recap. Yeah, let's like if maybe we can go through the the top twenty films, see what can go out and what can stay, and maybe if you had a chance, what movie would you have in the top twenty? Maybe we can talk about that in the next movie. Yeah, yeah. or the next uh, next episode. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool, uh, Raji. Where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, on at Movie Mistrial. And how can they contact us? They can. If you wanted to reach us, yeah, they can contact us uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but also write us an email: contact at moviemistrial.com. Um, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app if you are so inclined. Um, and yeah, hear you for the next one. All right. Have a great week. Take care.